Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Mari Llewellyn and I'm the host of the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. A couple of years ago, I went through a huge transformation. And although I got a lot of attention for losing weight and discovering my passion for weightlifting, there was a lot more to that before and after than what a few pics could ever capture. On the Pursuit of Wellness, you can expect tons of information from experts about optimizing your body and mind. I'll also be sharing some triumphs and struggles from my own personal life. I'm on this journey with you, so you can definitely count on my podcast to give you that weekly dose of encouragement we all need as we pursue things that make us feel our very best inside and out. Tune into the Pursuit of Wellness every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. Yep, weekly podcast where you get a little taste of what's going on in this crazy brain of mine, especially today because today is a solo podcast. Ugh, I've been living a lot of life lately and posting nothing on Instagram. Oh, world's worst influencer strikes again. I really am so bad. I think by the time this airs, I should have done like my famous, I'm famously known for going like, on vacation or having like an epic weekend, posting absolutely nothing. And then like a week afterwards, I post everything and confuse the shit out of everybody. And I'm going to do it again after our like summer travels. And just so you know, don't worry, you're not going to hate me. Summer travels, I say lightly because we're not in fucking Positano. I'm not like traveling in luxury. Okay. I'm talking about my wife and I literally schlepping in my two-door Jeep Wrangler with a busted like bumper in the front that I bought from my brother. And we've like literally have all of our shit stuffed in there. Like we're goddamn refugees. So yeah, it's basically one step up from a staycation and we work the whole time. So whatever. This is not work for the faint of heart. Okay. It is a lot. So these bitches be making it look easy, but it is hard. Just look at my Instagram. You'll see literally the blood, sweat, and the tears. Follow me at Taylor Strucker. Also follow me on threads at Taylor Strucker because like nobody is. But why would they? I'm not posting anything. Maybe that's my problem. I want all the glory with none of the effort. And that, my friends, is the brand of my life. So uh, Stassi's wedding, I was trying really hard to like post my outfits and like post in real time. <laughs> so 
hard for me. And I would just like to stand up for myself for one second here, okay? So the reason it's hard for me is because when I'm at these fabulous things, having a fabulous time, like living my best life and having so much fun, it's really hard for me to take myself out of the fun. And I'm not saying that my friends who are good at influencing aren't good at like living in the moment and having fun. I'm actually saying the opposite. They absolutely a hundred percent do that. Like you, they're so proficient at it. You don't even fucking notice that they're doing it. That's like how good they are at it. But because like, but they're just naturally talented at it. So they can like live their lives, live in the moment and also capture content and post. I mean, they're truly brilliant. I am not one of them. That's my fucking point. But get ready because uh, your girl is about to be posting all of her summer vacay content. I don't know, like as like a recap or something, because even though you haven't seen it on social media, my wife and I have been like on vacation, which is like f- not staycation, vacation, faux vacation. Um, and we do this every single summer. And it started with COVID. And it was like, you know, nobody could go anywhere forever and ever and ever. And then we were all remote working. So now it's like, oh, okay, well, we can work from wherever we want. So why don't we like go stay six weeks at my parents? That wasn't intentional. It just ended up happening to be. But like, or go, you know, live at Tay's sister and brother-in-law's house for like, I don't know, a couple weeks. Like we kind of got in this habit of doing that. Also too, flying out to LA and staying with Dossie and Bo. Like these are, this has been very normalized in our lives. And we, I mean, we don't call it a vacation because we're still both working. But by all accounts, it's a vacation. We're leaving our actual home and going to other people's homes. See, that's the difference. We're not like in hotels. We're staying with other people. We're going out to LA this week. We just left my parents um, outside of Boston. It was fabulous. And we kicked off all this traveling in the Hamptons. We stayed with Tay's sister and brother-in-law for a week um, and change. And we stayed in their house and our nephews are there and my other sister-in-law was there and it was just fabulous. And I get it. You're like, okay, fine. So Going to LA and like staying with friends, fine. Going to stay with your parents, okay, fine. But Taylor, what are you saying it's not fabulous? You were in the Hamptons for a week. Well, let me tell you something about the Hamptons, okay? The Hamptons is kind of bullshit. So to my family, who I adore, that have places in the Hamptons, your place is not bullshit. Because it's full of love, okay? It's full of people I love and they've got great taste and they've got friends that live down the street. Like, I want to be very clear. When I'm shitting on the Hamptons, I'm not shitting on my family's places, okay? They are the exception to the rule. They're also like down-to-earth motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? I am talking about the clientele, the snotty, snooty clientele that the Hamptons tends to attract. And this is like a little secret about the Hamptons. And I think people, especially if you haven't been there, you're like, oh my God, it must be so fucking fabulous. And it actually isn't, Okay. But it's like the emperor's new clothes where everybody has to pretend like it's fabulous because otherwise, like, why did I buy this $50 million house out here? I mean, I got married in the Hamptons, my first wedding. And when my Massachusetts family came, they were like, I don't fucking get it. And I was like, oh, my God, because that's great. And they were like, bitch, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. It's really not that fucking great. And they were right. Like, if you're like a Hamptons, Hamptons person, you know, like the local spots and it's chill as fuck. Okay. I don't want to totally shit all over it. So I grew up going to Nantucket. Aha! Humble brag. Um, but like when you're in Nantucket, if you're like your friend Susan is also going to be in Nantucket, it's like, oh my God, we're both going to be in Nantucket. That's legit. You're both going to be there. You can see somebody, if someone's vacationing in Nantucket and you're going to be there, you can meet up for a cocky and have a great ass time. But when you're in the Hamptons, you don't know. I mean, 
you literally could be an hour and a half drive away from somebody. It is huge. Hamptons is not a town. It is like a county. You've got Southampton, Sagaponic, Sag Harbor, East Hampton, Amagansett, Montauk. I mean, from Montauk to South, it could take you like an hour and 15 minutes. And that's without traffic. That's the Hamptons. It's a fuck ton of driving and an insane amount of traffic. So the first time I went to the Hamptons, um, I literally thought I was going to be going to a Nancy Meyer movie because like, why wouldn't I think that was the case? I thought I was going to go to the house and something's got to give. Cut to me taking the goddamn train where you're like literally packed and they're like sardines. And my friend, I was with my friend Nicole and our friend picked us up from the train station and we're driving and it's like, we're driving through so many woods. I'm like, where's the fucking beach? Well, guess what? Surprise that we were not near a beach. We were literally in the woods at what I could only call a 1980s cocaine lab. It was so turned. It was like a really modern, but like old and dilapidated and decrepit house with like, it had a pool, but like, you know, it had like the vinyl on the bottom, not to be a snob, but like, I'm just telling the truth. I mean, listen, I don't have any pool, so I'd even take one with that like slippery fucking substance on the bottom of the ground. I do not care. But like, I'm just saying, I was expecting Diane Keene to walk out with a glass of rosé. I didn't expect to walk into a fully carpeted house wall to wall, even in the bathrooms, which is fucking disgusting. And there are mattresses everywhere. Yeah. Like worse than camp, because at least campers get like fucking bunk beds or I don't know, like caught looking things. They can put their little blow mattresses on. No, 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 no. These are single mattresses lined up in a row. It would look like a fucking cult. And the room we were staying in was like our friend. He was like the house manager. Oh, my God. So he had like a bed, but then he had two mattresses on the ground for us. I was like, this is not okay. And the bathroom had like red lighting everywhere, like crack den. You know what I'm saying? And I burst into tears and I was like, I am not staying here. And I cried to Nicole and I was like, I'm going to go get the next train, but I have to get a cab to come pick me up in the woods. Anyway, I ended up staying and then I understood, um, what the Hamptons is, and it's nothing that they ever picture it being in the movies. And that's just the truth, especially not in your 20s. So just like a little word to the wise. It's a lot of woods. It's a lot of driving. It's a lot of overpriced restaurants that have the same names as restaurants in New York, but actually are like a bootleg version. Like it's almost like a summer pop-up. So it's like, yeah, they slap the name on like the front of the restaurant, but it's never the same as the quality of food in Manhattan. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm speaking the truth. I just want to let everybody know, like, if you're always like, oh, people that go to the Hamptons are so fancy. Oh my God, I'm never going to get to the Hamptons. Like, don't worry about it. It's not that awesome. And like, listen, again, my family that has a house in Hamptons, it is fucking awesome. Their house is like right by the beach and they like have a pool and they have these incredible best friend neighbors that are literally a two minute walk away. Like being with them is being in actual heaven. But like, you ain't gonna get that normally in the Hamptons. But here's the real issue I have with the Hamptons. The fucking assholes that reside there. And if you've been watching Roni, you can see that like, okay, there are people that go to the Hamptons like in the off season and that's like kind of the vibe. And it was so funny because like Cy was trying to be so fancy and be like, I have never been to the Hamptons in the winter. It's like, first of all, it's the fucking fall. Second of all, bitch, that is the, that's when the who's who knows to go to the Hamptons because it's like, it's like old money versus new money, right? Like old money knows that like the Hamptons are the best when no one's fucking there. That's like when you can thrive. 
actually Manhattan's the best in the summer because all the douchebag assholes go out to the Hamptons. So then like you get like the city completely to yourself. That's I okay. Alex McCord and Simon used to always get shit because they would like um go to uh they would go to um they would go to St. Bart's like in the off season, which is the summer. Um, and they like they sucked. Then they were posers, but like they were always like, well, we like to go because it's not crowds, which is true. But like, get off it, Alex and Simon McCord. Like, you go to St. Bart's in fucking August because the prices are slashed in half. They're probably like one sixth of what they would be like over Christmas. But I do have to say now, as somebody who like I lived in a very snobby world when I was married to husband, I was exposed to like gossip girl level New York City kids. Like he was not from the city, but he went to a private school in Manhattan. A lot of his friends were like Manhattan kids born and raised. Okay. Like kind of like that energy of like the new housewife, Aaron being like, they didn't grow up here. They're tourists. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, Aaron. So like they're tourists and you're better than everybody because you're like born and raised in Manhattan. Yet you're the one that brings everybody to catch allegedly. Like you don't get to say like you are a Manhattanite and then be like, well, who cares about catch? Like any self-respecting Manhattanite would know better than to go to catch in 2023. This whole off season thing, I can see how it tracks as bullshit, but I will tell you as somebody who is in a very fancy world. And so like, just cause I'm not in that world anymore. Doesn't mean that I don't like fancy shit. Hello. I am fucking snob and a half. But, like, I also am not rich enough to go when everybody else is there, which, you know, hurts my feelings to myself that I don't make more money. But I'm working on it. But I'm working on it. But I have to say that living this lifestyle, you know, it's champagne taste buds on a Budweiser budget. I've actually learned some hacks. And, like, I don't even know if I should tell anybody this because, like, I don't want to ruin the system. But, like, the way I love going to South Beach in fucking August, you get to stay at whatever hotel you want. The prices are so much cheaper than high season. And guess what? You don't have to fucking set your alarm at 6.30 in the morning to go down to the goddamn pool to like get a seat before they all fill up. I was in Miami Beach with Stassi and Bo and Lo when we were on tour, which is like May. Like I was like, oh, this isn't like super high season. We went to the Soho house. I literally... We had to put our name down for the beach. And we didn't get to the beach. And they didn't call us to get off the beach list until like, I don't know, 5.45 p.m. Like, hello. That completely defeats the purpose. Luckily, we were staying nearby. So we like just went to the beach of the hotel that we were at. And like, it was available because the fucking place sucked. But like, I'm telling you, like, it's just, yes, I get you want to be there when it's like high season. and It's like the cool time to go. But like, guess what? When it's the cool time to go. It's literally the worst time to be there. And that's the Hamptons in the summer. That's my point. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by eHarmony. When it comes to relationships, I'm a firm believer that you have to find someone that you can be yourself around. And that's why I've partnered with eHarmony for this episode. This is very important to me because I am married to oh, my favorite person in the world, my wife, my everything. And I uh, had a lot of relationships uh, before her. And trust me, I did not feel that way about my last relationships. And I'm telling you, it's because I finally found somebody who knows me, who gets me, and who loves me for being me. And that's what eHarmony is all about. Here's the deal. A lot of people are exhausted by social media these days. And guess what? If you are, you are not alone. eHarmony actually released a new dating diary study that found that 56% of Gen Z 
Even Gen Z gets tired of social media from time to time and they like live on it. So that is significant. And it makes sense. Social media is so fake. It's literally everyone's highlight reel. And you don't want to date someone who thinks that you're only like the best, prettiest, most perfect, flawless moment of your life because that's not real. And when it comes to connection, we want someone who truly gets us, which means that we have to give people a better sense of who we are, not just online, but offline as well. And that's why eHarmony is different, okay? They specialize in connecting people who are looking for real love through their compatibility quiz. I actually have really good friends that met on eHarmony and they are perfectly matched. So the quiz identifies a baseline of compatibility with questions about communication styles, likes and dislikes, personality, and so much more to help you match with someone who will truly get you. eHarmony makes connection genuine, not exhausting. So join the dating app that gets to know their users better so that they can match better and see for yourself. Take eHarmony's compatibility quiz today and get someone who gets you. And now back to the podcast. There's a place in the Hamptons called Round Swamp. If you follow Bethany Frankel, you probably know about it because she fucking acts like she goddamn invented the place. She did not. Anyway, there's one in Southampton that's newer. And there's one in East Hampton that's like been there forever off of Three Mile Harbor. And I actually got to stay very close to it. So I could like go there like literally every single day. And listen, again, like I am, I am bitching and complaining, but like I fully subscribe to the lifestyle when I am in the Hamptons. So this place around Swamp, it's like this little tiny farm stand and they have the most fucking delicious food. I am telling you, their chicken salad is life changing. That is worth a trip to the Hamptons, going to Round Swamp and getting the chicken salad and getting all of the yummy foods. I mean, nothing is bad there. It's fucking, it's amazing. And guess what? They know it, which is why they do the most Hampton thing in the goddamn world. And they don't put price tags on anything that is at the farm stand. Like you are blindly shopping. They have this incredible garlic and oil shrimp. Um, It's like, I swear to God, I think it's like $45 for the container. You get a lot, but like, that's egregious. So you're basically playing Russian roulette every single time you go to this place. And I was going every single day. No matter how hard you try, you can't get out of there without spending at least $180. And yes, I know it's disgusting, but it's like, but that's what being in the Hamptons is all about. So I complain, but then I completely fall in line. Like I could boycott. I could say I'm not giving them my money. And honestly, like, yeah, the prices are out of control, but like, I don't even care because the product is so fucking good. I fucking stand Round Swamp. What I care about, okay, is the attitude of the people that are shopping at Round Swamp. So much entitlement summers in the Hamptons. It is unfucking believable You should see the parking lot in Sag Harbor. It's literally, my, it's actually my favorite thing ever because everybody thinks they're the most important person in the parking lot and everybody thinks that they have the right of way and everybody's like, my Range Rover is nicer than yours, but everybody's got a goddamn Range Rover. So it's like, you're all a bunch of carbon copy assholes who think that you're the most important. You got the biggest dick in the parking lot. But like, if nobody gives, if nobody like puts their ego aside, nobody's gonna get to park. And you know what happens? Nobody gets to park. The traffic jams in the Sag Harbor parking lot is 
the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It is like, I mean, oh my God, oh my God, just oozing with entitlement. And, but I kind of love it too, because like everybody's rich and everybody's that bitch. So it's like, they're almost humbling each other by like cannibalizing each other. You know what I mean? Like everybody is so important, but nobody gets to be important because everybody's competing to be important. It's delicious. Like if you can take yourself out of it, it's actually a really fun like hunger game you get to watch. So I can check my fucking ego and take myself out of it. Also, I drive a clunker of a car that has a huge dent in the bumper and I'm too goddamn cheap to fix it. And I should get it detailed. But again, she's too goddamn cheap. I mean, you know, Taylor, take it to like, I don't know, a car wash, but also she's lazy. So I'm driving around in this like hunk of shit, which is also amazing when you're around a bunch of rich people because like their cars are beautiful and like they don't want to fuck them up. I mean, they're rich, but like they still don't want to fuck up their car. You know who everybody should be scared of? Somebody driving a jalopy because we don't give a flying fuck. Seriously. Oh, you think you have the right of way? Look at my car. Do you see how many dents are in it? I mean, if you want to roll the dice and see if we're going to want to play chicken, because my car says that I don't give a fuck if I hit you. So um, it really is a flex to have a junker of a car. And also old money trick. A lot of old money people drive like real shitty cars because it like shows it like they don't care about the car they drive in. And uh, so you could like really mind fuck people. Like I think people either think that like she is poor when I like do something in a parking lot, but maybe there's other people that are like, she must be really rich, like old motherfucking money rich. And that's the energy I try to put forth. So I'm going to Round Swamp for like my 18th time in the week that I was there. And I am pulling into the parking lot. The parking lot's a fucking shit show. The parking lot's everywhere a shit show, but particularly here because they have such small amount of space. So they've got like, parking in the main parking lot, a little parking off to the side, a little parking off to the side, but like there's not like spots. It's kind of just like uh, choose your own adventure. So it's off this road called Three Mile Harbor, okay? So you've got, it's a two-lane highway going, one going north and one going south. That is it. So people are either turning in from either side of the highway and, you know, trying to get spots. But what I realized when I was just there was there's actually another street that like, so if the highway is like the horizontal line of a T, this street is like the bottom, like the straight vertical line of the T, okay? And so, you know, who knows? Maybe there, maybe that street's like a shortcut to like be traffic on the highway. I don't fucking know. So I'm driving down the highway. I'm driving north. No, I'm driving south. It doesn't matter. I'm driving, I'm driving on the highway and I'm heading, okay? And in order to get to Round Swamp, I'm going to take a right, right? Okay, so I have to take a right. And there's a steady flow of traffic coming like, you know, in the opposite direction of me. And, um, you know, if, if somebody was like stopped in that lane coming towards me and they had their blinker on, I would assume that they'd be driving into the parking lot of Round Swamp, whatever. But nobody was. But there was a line of cars that was waiting to cross this, the double highway to get into the parking lot. But like, that's not my fucking fault. So I'm driving on the highway. I literally had the right of way. And I see, oh, my God, there's a parking spot open right here. Perfect. It's my it's my lucky day. So I turn my shitbox into the parking lot and I park and I'm like not even fully in the spot. And I hear this like, like aggressive horn. Literally I fucking jumped. Like I was like, did I just hit somebody? Like what the, is there an accident? Like what the fuck just happened? And I look over my shoulder and there is a guy to fucking such New York douchebags. And I mean, New York city. There was like a breed of guy. You see him. You're like, Oh, your third generation, your grandfather started a business. It was kind of successful. Then your daddy took it over. He made it really successful. And now you're in it. You're going to 
fuck it all up, you little spoiled bitch. Ooh, ooh, they make me so mad. So it's these two guys. I could just look at them in one second. I'm like, I know exactly who you are. I know your names. I know who you're married to. I know your entire fucking life story. And they are beeping at me. And the guy looks at me and he goes like this. That's my fucking spot. Excuse you, Chad? This is not your fucking spot. You're literally trying to cross two lanes to get over here. And somehow you're holding you called dibs on this fucking parking spot. You fucking little bitch. But I'm a puss. Okay. That's just the, that's just the way it goes. So he's in, of course, a Porsche SUV and him and his friends are wearing, are you ready for this? Biggest, biggest douchebags ever wearing Porsche fucking baseball caps. Like gag me with a goddamn spoon. So I looked at him and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. That was a bit aggressive. No. So I fucking back up on a main road. I mean, it's not like a highway highway, but like people go like fucking 45 miles per hour. So I'm backing up this highway, super fucking dangerous to give this little brat his pretend parking spot that he thinks he has a complete ownership of it. Why? Because you thought you wanted to park there. So now like you own this entire parking spot. What a dick. So I backed up and then he pulled forward and pulled in and he fucking took the spot. So I'm like, I was so mad that I'm like, I'm not even fucking going in right now. But I was like, no, I need more chicken salad. So I'm like, he can't stop me from getting my chicken salad. I deserve to be here too. I go around to like the front part of the store and there's like fucking four parking spots right there. Like literally all for nothing. If he had just pulled over, he would have gotten a way fucking better spot than me. And him and his micro dick friend like walk right by me. I actually thought there was a moment where I, I thought they would be like, oh, yeah, sorry. Thanks for moving, which is absurd. Why would I ever think that? I've lived in New York for a gajillion years. I never can know better than that. But whatever. I was like, fuck him. I held my head high in my disgusting car. I'm old money, don't you know? And I walked in and they wouldn't even look me in the eye. And this place is small. So like you have to go out of your way to avoid eye contact. And I was like, you're like, honestly, good luck to your fucking wives. Poor things married to you. They definitely weren't gay because they were not cool enough to be gay. He, okay. They reminded me of a guy. Mm. And I'm not going to say his name, but if you know, you know, double stuffed Oreos, wink, wink. Um, if you know, you know, just from that reference alone double stuffed Oreos husband. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know, you should subscribe to my Patreon because you will find out. Um, but no, for those of you who don't know in the pandemic, there was, I'm going to do a blind item right now. In the pandemic, there was a controversial influencer who lived in the Hamptons during the pandemic and would make TikToks dancing, which is fine. She's adorable. Just like living her best influencing life. But her husband would like come in the videos and dance. And the way, the way there was a universal ick heard around the world, he literally was like king of cringe. He was the epitome of like, oh, that makes me feel so weird. Oh, okay. So these guys definitely fucking best friends with that bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I like got home from Round Swamp and I was just like these fucking guys. And I was like bitching to my sister-in-law. And she was like, no, like literally. She's like, we love the Hamptons, but like that energy, it's like, it's like, it is, the Hamptons really is so beautiful, so magical. It can be super down to earth, but like that element of guy, that element of like of entitlement, that element of person, that like snooty snotty, like it really runs rampant in the Hamptons. 
But anyway, it got me thinking about rich people. And there was recently, like just this week, an article in Page Six. So Page Six recently just kind of like gave themselves a facelift, if you will, on their like website, on their app. And I want to be clear, like I use Page Six all the time because like I don't read good and they really keep it concise. Like Daily Mail, my God, the details. Like why is the story about Christina Aguilera wearing a fucking pink bedazzled Birkin skirt like 20,000 words? It's like, what? Why? Why are there so many links? I get very overwhelmed with Daily Mail. And when I'm pulling news stories for my daily radio show, I need to keep it simple because a girl can barely even read the headlines. You know, like I, I, I can't get into all the details and the nitty gritty. I need facts, facts, facts. I need them quick. But I also know that page six can be quite problematic. And I just want to just acknowledge that. Like, I don't read it like page six is the end all be all news. Like, no, it's a fucking gossip rag. But I love it for that. And something that they've recently started doing is like they've kind of like before they just had like celebrity news everywhere. And recently, they've been kind of like categorizing it. So it's like reality TV news, celebrity news, and then they have a whole section of gossip. And this is OG page six. I remember I dated a guy who, yes, was born and raised in Manhattan, which makes them better than all of us. So page six like used to cover a lot of like not necessarily celebrity gossip. They always did a little bit, but like it was like socialite gossip, like Tinsley Mortimer and like the Hilton sisters. Like, don't forget, like, they were socialites before they were stars. And so there used to be like a very like because of reality TV and stuff. Now it's like a celebrity celebrity and definitely because of like influencers, TikToks, um, Instagram, social media. Like there's a fine line between like a celebrity and a socialite and influencer. Like it's kind of like famous is famous. But back in the day, there was such a hierarchy of fame. And it was like a movie star was at the top of the totem pole. Then it was like a TV star. But still, like people turn their nose down. I mean, people were like reality stars. They treated like shit on people's shoes for a long time. No longer the case. Thank God. Bless and believe. As an aspiring reality TV star, I'm happy to see that the tide has changed. But like that's like the olden days of like gossip, at least when I was, you know, moving into New York City. So. Patrix is kind of going back to the roots with this. And I've been seeing a lot of like salacious gossip about like um, just rich people, nameless rich people in conjuncture with like maybe famous rich people, but whatever. So they just had this story. Oh my God. The headline is Martha Stewart's old money neighbors complaining about her flashy new pals. Okay. So this is like the most delicious thing ever because, you know, I've referenced a lot about like new money. Ew, 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 ew. But I have to say, when I heard this story, like rich people suck, right? We can all agree with that. And like, maybe some of us are rich. I'm certainly not anymore. I was rich. I married into being rich. But like, my dad's a doctor, in case I haven't told you a million times. But like, we weren't, I, I, I like, in my world, my town that I grew up in, we were not rich. You know, and I know it's all relative. And I know I was raised in privilege. I want to be clear on that. But like, there's like society and wealth. And like, I never felt like a part of that club. And then when I got married, my first marriage, I became a part of that world. And I was fucking fascinated by it. Do not get me wrong. It was, I mean, I was a moth to a goddamn flame. I thought it was everything of the sort. I remember I used to hang out with a girl who was like also from a town like where I grew up. So it was like, both of us were like, Boston girls make it in the big city that is New York. And like, I remember she would like say to me sometimes, we'd be like on trips and shit. She'd be like, can you believe we're here? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, like, if they could see us now back at home. And I was like, I mean, I knew what she was saying. And she's like, honestly, fucking gorgeous and very fabulous. So I definitely was like, yeah, we're so cool. We did it. But like, I also was like in it and totally 
intoxicated and drunk on it for a little. But then after I started to see the inner workings of it, I was like, oh, fuck this shit. It is not for me. I do this segment on the Taylor Strecker show. It's called Petty Petty Princess because I am a fucking petty princess. But like, there's no pettier pettier princess than fucking rich people. And you know what the thing is? Old money versus new money. I know we saw a lot of this on Succession. So like the Roy family represents new money, which is kind of crazy because they're like so fucking rich. But like they they did. Like in the billionaire sphere, they represented new money. And then the Pierce family, right? Nan Pierce. Like they are old money. So like, but like they act like they're above new money and they're better than new money because they've had money longer. But like they're still fucking money worshipers and they're kind of fucking gross. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's like, what's worse to be like, I love money and I'm gross or to be like, I have so much money. I don't even love money, but I love money. I mean, that's probably fucking grosser. So actually now that I'm talking about this, maybe old money is more fucked up than new money. And this story from page six is totally that. And I fucking love it. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Caraway. Caraway makes cookware that is nonstick. So you got the convenience of nonstick. Honestly, if it's not nonstick, I'm not going to use it. However, there's a lot of nonstick pans, et cetera, out there that you have to be worried about uh, toxic forever chemicals that like live. That's how they get the nonstick. But with Caraway, uh-uh, you don't have to worry about that. There's no concern of toxic forever chemicals. But you get the nonstick, so you're getting, uh-huh, the best of both worlds. So for me, nonstick is important because I am le chef. I really, I love to cook, but there's nothing more frustrating than having a pan that is not going to let you properly flip an omelet with goat cheese. Those are my favorite to make. I also love Caraway because the cleanup, so easy. Last night, I made a whole roasted chicken. I'm telling you, after it was done, I didn't have to do anything. I ran underwater and had a towel on it. And it was like fresh as a daisy. The cleanup is insanely easy. The best part, I mean, all of that's important and really good stuff. But you guys, it is gore. Gina. I have their bakeware set and I have it in the classic cream color. It's just like really clean. But I was so into my bakeware that I had to get the cookware set. I have it in iconic black. It's so gorgeous. It's this gold hardware with this gorgeous black finish. I leave it out. That's how beautiful it is. I actually leave it out because it's now like a part of my kitchen decor and people die for it. But as if that wasn't enough, listen, I like to keep it out because I think she's pretty, but you don't have to keep it out. Want to know why? Because all sets come equipped with complimentary easy access storage solutions to keep the kitchen tidy. And right now, for a limited time, you're going to get 10% off site-wide on the internet's favorite kitchenware for a reason. Take advantage of it. I'm telling you, you won't regret. And also, it's the perfect time of year to think about summer gifting. You've got graduates, you got newlyweds. Summer is the time to be getting all those gifts. And this is the perfect thing to get for, honestly, anybody. So what are you waiting for? Visit carawayhome.com slash Taylor to get 10% off during their summer refresh event. Certain exclusions do apply. That's Caraway Home, C-A-R-A-W-A-Y-H-O-M-E dot com, carawayhome.com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R or use code Taylor at checkout. Carawayhome.com slash Taylor. And don't forget that code Taylor at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. And now back to the podcast. So there's a story that you all have to go read. So it's all about Martha Stewart living in Westchester. And I believe she's in Bedford, okay? Which, so again, Westchester, kind of like the Hamptons, right? A lot of rich people, a lot of assholes, a lot of like city mentality, but like in the country, you know? Um, but it's a really, it's, it's a 
big county and it's like got a lot of different towns in it, but richity, rich, rich, rich. And there's new money like everywhere. And then there's old money. So Martha Stewart lives in the old money section of Westchester. And according to this page six article, Martha Stewart's, this is literally the headline, Martha Stewart's old money neighbors complaining about her flashy new pals. So this is, you know, we know what this is, right? Martha's old money and like her friends are probably used to be old money. I mean, Martha used to have the biggest fucking stick up her ass. And then she went to fucking jail. And I can only imagine that the old money people really turn their back on her because like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a lot of them get rich by doing insider trading and just like turning an eye? A fucking course they do. But rich people are also fucking hypocrites. So I'm like, it's like, oh, well, you got caught for the thing that I also do, but you got caught. So I can't associate with you and them all. So I'm sure like when you live in a world that's full of image and faux perfectionism and judgment, the second you make a mistake and you're flawed, which everybody is and everybody will do at some point in their life. But, you know, a lot of people that say they're friends or family or whatever, and they really aren't, will turn their back on you in a split goddamn second. And I actually think going to jail was actually very good for Martha because after jail, Martha started to get a little bit cool. And then like, uh, like a decade later, started hanging out with Snoop Dogg, which like in my mind, like I used to think, I used to think Martha's too was a fucking worst, you know, like I heard stories. I work with her daughter at Sirius XM. I did not know her well, but I just heard like a lot of rumors going around about Martha and her daughter and all this stuff. And like very like richy rich shit, you know what I mean? Rich people problems, poor little rich girl. But, like, I never really respected Martha. Like, yeah, she's Martha fucking Stewart, but, like, she was never my cup of tea. She seemed really judgy, like Emily Posty vibes. And then prison, I was like, ha, 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 karma's a bitch. But then afterwards, I started hanging out with Snoop Dogg. I was like, I fucking like this bitch. And now, after this story, I fucking stand Martha Stewart. So she's living in this town, probably very much part of the community, goes to jail. I'm making, these are all assumptions, by the way, that I'm making. And then she probably feels a little bit ostracized. And she probably had to, you know, like lick her wounds and feel really uncomfortable and bad. But in that discomfort, she found like a new identity of like, I don't need to be perfect. And I can be free to be you and me and just like live my best life and break out of this white, yes, with a Y, expectations. Yes, I am white with an I. Some people are white with a Y. And you know what? If you don't know the difference, you probably have a Y. Do the work, do it better, and you can get an eye. But until you do, you're going to be white with an eye. And that's how we say it. So lots of white people in this Westchester old money community, right? And the fact that a story comes out in page six, which is like such a fucking gossip magazine, which is like so like the epitome of like gossipy ragginess, and I fucking live for it, comes out with a story that like all of these old money neighbors are like just simply disgusted with Martha and her new friends who are new money. And here's a real kicker, a gay couple. Oh, I fucking love you, Martha. Yes, she is an ally. So this is how the post, and I was, I have to give credit to the post. They actually, they're nasty to Martha and this new money couple. It's not biased. It's actually pretty bipartisan. They, they take pot shots at both the new rich and the old rich. And I really live for that. So thank you, page six. So this is what they say. The new money couple has infiltrated Martha Stewart's social circle in old Westchester. And we're told her neighbors don't like it one bit. Okay. So they've, they're interviewing people who literally are old money, who are bitching and complaining about Martha Stewart. And then they're interviewing people who are like kind of more on the side of Martha and the new money couple. And it's just delicious. So apparently there's this couple, Andy Chaya Yu and his partner, Dr. Evan Goldstein. Okay. And Andy's in fashion and like in the pictures that they have, he's wearing like this hot pink jumpsuit and it's got like all this bedazzlement on, like truly so fabulous. And his partner 
is a nationally renowned Manhattan anal surgeon. Oh my God, I didn't see that. That's amazing. I fucking love that so much. So anyway, so um, apparently they moved to this like ritzy suburb of Manhattan a few years ago. And in the last few years they've been living there, they got really super close to Martha. But like all these snotty neighbors are like saying things like, and these are quotes, like um, they're really eager to get on the like the who's who's list of the neighborhood. And then this person says, he did it by clinging to Martha. It's like so fucking catty. And then somebody else said, another, and this is according to page six, another annoyed neighbor said, they're together all the time. No one understands their relationship. She was always so guarded. And they move here for three years. And now they're like bosom buddies. First of all, that person definitely watched Anne of Green Gables because I also watched it. And that's what Anne called her friend, Diana. Bosom buddies. So I appreciate that reference because that's one of my fucking favorite movies. But like, even the way this person is talking is like so like fucking affected and stick up the ass. Their transatlantic accent is showing. Like, how fucking old are you? Bosom buddies? Okay, so the couple hosted a party to celebrate Dr. Goldstein's birthday recently. And um, they invited Martha because they're really good friends with her as like their guest of honor. And they sent on an Evite, which is like the fucking best thing ever because old money like, oh my God, if there's not stationary, like get out of here. And it's like, who gives a fuck? Like these guys are rich. They absolutely, Absolutely could afford to send out like proper like paper invitations. But like, why? Who gives a fuck? So anyway, um, they sent out this Evi that said, it's our annual summer party. We will have a DJ and international food and wine and a lot of fun. Perhaps the cover model of 2023 Sports Illustrated, you know, will pop by. Um, so, of course, like these snotty neighbors dragged them for their Evite. These caddy sources are also saying that um, the party was largely sponsored with just like, what? If you can get shit for free, why wouldn't you? Anyway, so a one neighbor called it tacky and said it's akin to an expo of vendors like the South Beach Food Festival. First of all, I love the South Beach Food Festival and I would even fucking buy a ticket to it. So these fucking snotty ass neighbors. But then this person goes, the annoyed source continues. I love that they're calling them the annoyed source. People in the town are fed up with it. It's too much. We have home in these neighborhoods. People in the town are fed up with it. It's too much. It's like, who gives a shit? You're not at the party. Who cares if there's vendors at a party that you're not invited to? Oh my God, it drives me crazy. And then page six, like got text messages back and forth between these pissed off neighbors. And somebody wrote, did you see Martha's birthday party? It's like Star Jones wedding when she pimped the view to get free shit. Simply put, it's all gross. One neighbor huffed. It's just like the judgment is so absurd. And so, and then somebody else says that like this new couple, the new money couple, that they're nice guys, but they haven't figured out the subtleties and intricacies of Westchester culture and social life. Oh my God. They go on to say it's as buttoned down and unshowy as old money gets. Those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. Just live your best life. Like the judgment, like how motherfucking miserable. They're over here partying with Martha, having the time of their lives. And these people are like gray gardening it, like sitting around just like judging people, having fun. Like what a sad existence. But like at the end of the day, and I know my mom used to always say this to me, but it's like, they're just jealous. They even said it. It was like, oh, so like these guys moved here three years ago and all of a sudden they're friends with Martha and no one understands their relationship. And like, she's so guarded and like she never hung out with anybody before. And like now they're coming in and like, what, using her? It's like, no. They're gay. They're fun. They wear hot pink jumpsuits with flowers fucking super good all over them. She's having the time of her life. She was, she's 80 and she was just on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. Like, 
She is fun. Bitch went to jail. Her bestie is Snoop Dogg. Like, she's a down bitch. And, like, these guys are fun. And so she doesn't waste her time with people who have sticks up their asses. She wants to hang with people who are, like, don't judge and don't care and just have fun. Anyway, the moral of the story is rich people are crazy. And actually, I think if I had to pick, I do like new money more than old money. But then again, the new money is the one that fucking beeped at me and took my spot in the parking lot in the Hamptons. But that's what I get for going around Swamp. But their chicken salad is amazing. And I did have a lot of fun in the Hamptons. But if you don't get a chance to go to the Hamptons, don't worry, because it's really not all it's cracked up to be. And you know what? I bet Positano isn't either. And just like that, hopefully I made you not feel so bad about not going on a vacation and doing a staycation. Because guess what? When Tay and I get back from LA, we literally have three weeks to do absolute nothing and we are doing absolutely nothing. And I can't fucking wait for it. Grass is always greener. I know a lot of you are bumming right now as you're seeing everybody do their summer vacation things. But honey, baby, don't worry. It's just full of rich assholes anyway. You guys, that is it for us this week. I always say it, rate, review, and subscribe. It really means the world to me. But I'm also going to ask you for another favor because I too would like to rejoin the ranks of rich assholes. So if you want to help me on my quest to becoming a rich asshole, please subscribe to The Taylor Strecker Show. Patreon.com slash The Taylor Strecker Show. You can join for daily content. Every day there's a show. You can also join as a VIP, and that's bonus content. And actually, Tay and I just made the most fucking epic video. We were staying at my parents in Massachusetts. My parents have literally like a shit kicker boat in the backyard. When it's low tide, it's beach. When it's high tide, we can take it out. Like there's not even a dock there. We keep it real in Massachusetts. And we went out on the boat, and adventure and disaster ensued, and... I'm telling you, it's hands down one of the best videos we've ever done for the Patreon VIP. So if you are a VIP, go check it out if you haven't already. And if you aren't, you should absolutely subscribe to The Taylor Strecker Show and upgrade to that VIP tier. You guys, that is it for us this week. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Until next week, bye, girl, bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.